Hi guys, welcome to the All Things May podcast. My name is Melina Stevens, better known as May, and here on this podcast we talk about a variety of different topics. The episodes on this podcast are raw, real, and as unedited as possible because I want to enhance the insightfulness and connection that each episode produces. A new episode will be released each Friday, and if you have a suggestion for an episode, please let me know. Now, let's get into this week's episode. Hello, beautiful people. Welcome back to another episode of All Things May. I know that this is one of the many reasons why you live for Fridays is because you get to hear my my voice on Fridays. No. Anyways, um, today I have Mandy Trapp on the podcast, you guys. So she's an incredible person. I met her through in the fall through my practicum. Her son was actually one of my students. So I met Mandy through him. And Mandy, along with her husband and many other team members, including myself, uh, works at Lifestyle Meditation. Mandy is the founder and head educator at Lifestyle Meditation, which is Edmonton's first meditation studio. You can find it on 120th Street by the, it's right next door to the local omnivore. And then it's also in the same building as Donut Party, I think, and like Cafe Liena. I'm pretty sure. Um, anyways, it's a magical place. Everyone needs to come check it out. I do a karma exchange there. That's how I'm involved with lifestyle meditation. Incredible people there. Anyways, can't say enough good things. So in this episode, Mandy and I have a really cool conversation about spirituality, mindfulness, meditation, um, meditation for students, because I'm a teacher, so obviously I had to talk about that kind of stuff. We talk about um, mental health and mental illness and how that can be helped with meditation. Um, We talk about, what else do we talk about? We just talk about a lot of cool stuff. Like this entire conversation, I was so enticed by what she was saying. And you will see when you listen to this, she has literally one of the most soothing voice, voices. Um... And it's even better when she's like guiding you through a 45 minute meditation like you guys. It's honestly, it's, it's bliss. So you can find uh, Mandy at Lifestyle Meditation, lifestylemeditation.com, Lifestyle Meditation on Instagram. She does lots of live videos um, like on Sundays usually she does that. So check those out. Also Mandy Trap Instagram, that's her handle. And she also has a podcast like me. We're podcast sisters. So Mandy Trap podcast can be found on all podcast listening platforms. But she so humbly pimps herself out at the end of this episode and gives you all of the details that I just told you. So without further ado, here is my conversation with Mandy Trap. That way it all seems pretty woo-woo. And even yeah. though they're very woo-woo concepts, I think, only woo-woo from the point that it's like, you don't know. Yeah. You, you don't know it. Yeah. And I've had people come up to me and say, like, oh, like, you're so inspiring. I love your advice. Like, I have people calling me all the time. And I've always been like that because my dad was very good at giving me advice mm-hmm. and kind of, like, um, become, like, I come up with my own answers to my own questions and stuff like that. But yeah. people are coming to me, especially, like, with the podcast and everything like that. And being like, you need to keep doing this. Like, this is your purpose. Like, this is what yeah. you're meant to be doing. And I'm like, okay. And like, the, yeah. like, 
I feel like I've never really um, like I've always wanted to be a teacher I've always wanted to travel like those kind mm-hmm. of things but like now I feel like super solid in what I need to do and my foundation and why I'm here and like yeah. my purpose and I'm like yes this is what I'm gonna do I have my vision I'm like come along with me or get out of my way because I know what I need to do I'm so happy to hear you say that at your age Mm because it's now just taken me to 40 to not only know that but to be so comfortable in that that Mm -hmm. people can come if they want to come but if they don't I actually realize this has nothing to do with other people this Mm -hmm. has to do with me and what what contract I have to fulfill while I'm here Mm -hmm. and that task and I I think for the longest time I was so concerned about I don't want to offend anybody and there's people sensitive to things and and also there was the helper part of me that just wanted people I wanted everybody to feel included. Mm-hmm. And if they didn't, I was like, oh, no, 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 you know, come back here and I'll just, I'll dumb this down or I'll numb it down a little bit yes. so that everybody so is comfortable. Level. But then, then nobody grows. Mm-hmm. There's still the outliers, I think, in that, me included, that are like, no, I'm waiting for somebody else to come along mm-hmm. to share with me the bigger picture. Mm-hmm. And I feel now at this stage is that I'm like the eagle that's like flying above a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's still a massive sky above me, mm-hmm. but I can start to make a ton of sense around why things are happening the way they are. And I can see more than some people that I think that it would be doing a huge disservice to not share that. Totally. And that's what I think too. Right. Like all of my experiences that I get, mm-hmm. this is why I do the podcast too, is like totally. I need all of these experiences. I need to get out into the world because my main thing is to help people, mm-hmm. is to show people kindness and compassion because that's yeah. just how, those are just my, that's just my energy. That's just mm-hmm. who I am. And like, I think that I just, people, and it's so profound when you find out your purpose. And I yes. feel like that's also like I have friends who struggle with mental health and they're just like I have no purpose I feel no purpose and I'm like okay you need to like look within and realize that once you find your purpose nothing will ever be able to shut it down or set it astray or anything like that well and you know one thing I'll say about purpose that that I've come to know is your purpose isn't what you do it's how you do it Mm -hmm. and it's how you do it that is unique to you that brings you fulfillment Mm -hmm. right because I can be on purpose as a parent I can be on purpose as a business owner I can be on purpose as a teacher I can be on purpose as a friend Mm -hmm. I can be on purpose as a as a stranger but what that would entail is that I really know who I am Mm -hmm. and I'm a I'm a bigger picture thinker Mm -hmm. and so if I can offer the bigger picture to people everywhere and help to simplify certain concepts so that it makes sense to people I can do that anywhere and everywhere Mm -hmm. and also just part of who I know that I am is that I'm super playful Mm -hmm. and I know that I'm on purpose if I'm bringing playfulness and joy into something yes and lightheartedness and and lightheartedness and so when do I start to suffer or when I say oh you know I don't know what what my purpose is, is it's sort of like walking around with this gift, but nobody to give it to. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Right? And I think that's what people, they forget. They're looking for it outside of themselves, and they confuse what is my purpose with, what is, what is my ideal job or my mm-hmm. career. Because they attach their purpose and identity with external things. Totally. Yeah. But it's just a lack of really knowing who they are. That's it. Yeah. And I feel like when you bring people back into who they are, mm-hmm. so like what are my talents, what are my gifts, what are, what are my desires or my unique qualities or characteristics, mm-hmm. and when I can really embody those and I can bring those into 
what I do, then mm-hmm. I think people feel a sense of purpose or meaning, mm-hmm. right, in all of their work. Yeah, and I, yeah. yeah, and I think that people, I think that's the awesome thing about meditation is because it forces you to look within because there's so much going on externally with society and we're moving so fast faster Mm -hmm. than we have ever before in Mm -hmm. our in our presence here and that's what's so powerful about meditation is it literally locks you into who you are and channels you within and that is almost like another universe in itself and once you discover that, you're like, whoa, I am like all of these <laughs> different things, like all of it that, and all of the different things are like limitless and endless too, instead yeah. of things that are on the outside are like, they have an end date and mm-hmm. all of Well, that. it's all restricted by time and space. Yeah. Right. Whereas mm-hmm. you, the real you isn't mm-hmm. right. Is that you are, you're omnipresent, just meaning that you are in the past, you're in the present, you're in the future, like all at the same time. So who yeah. I was when I was five. Mm-hmm. is actually who I am at 40, yeah. which is who I'm also going to be at 90. Yeah. Right? If if I'm really, I mean, I'm still that, but if I'm really tapping into that and expressing that, then that stays consistent. That's not something that will that will change or, I don't know, die off. Yeah, and right? I also, and I was thinking about this the other day too, and like, yeah, I feel like you have like all of these different selves within you and those are all allowed to be expressed because mm-hmm. I thought I was like, oh, I am only this person and I tried to like kind of box myself yeah. in and then I'm like, no, I'm actually all of these different things and I'm allowed mm-hmm. and I'm encouraged to express all of these different things because that was kind of in my yeah. mid-20s, I'm like kind of searching like who am I, what am I doing and everything like that yeah. and now I realize that like, I am all of these different versions of Milena and like that's okay if I want to be this one day if I want to be that I kind of like um, relate it to like phases of the moon like the every single phase of the moon is beautiful that's a beautiful way to put it yeah or I think that's the message that um, some of this ancient philosophy when you look at like the Hindu deities and they have all of the different arms and you know one holds a flower and one's holding a bowl of food and one's holding an axe yeah (laughs) right is that we are gonna say we're multi-dimensional but it's more than that like we do have these different aspects and traits to ourselves and just because you're yielding an axe one day because maybe you you know are this big mama bear that you just you know you're an activist and you fight for everything doesn't mean that you aren't also holding the lotus or the flower who's just sitting back and being contemplative in nature as well mm-hmm. right I don't think that there's I don't think that not only is there nothing wrong with that but I just think that that's actually being in complete appreciation for the totality of who you are. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I'm excited that you're working with kids. Yeah, I'm because super kids excited. actually know this about themselves when they're little. Mm-hmm. And because if you look at it, our like kids society are... just they keep putting the box around them, yeah. and it gets smaller and smaller and smaller. And then now they're like older in their life, and they're trying to get back to figuring out who am I. Mm-hmm. And I actually just recorded an episode on education with like a couple of my friends and we were talking about this how like it shouldn't just be for kids it should be like okay you go to school and then you go home and then Mm -hmm. you go to your sports and blah blah blah. like the like life should be interwoven with everything it should just be like a constant like flow and and it should we should be like I hate the fact of just seeing kids as just like um funneling information into them yes like 
kids teach us more than we will ever be mm-hmm. able to even fathom. And it's about like it's walking beside those students yeah. and those kids instead of walking in front of them and saying, hey, no, you have to do it this way or you have to do it that way. Like when I nanny, like my kids, like we were building a fort last night, for instance, mm-hmm. and my little boy just the way he was so creative and so just his imagination was coming to life when Mm. we were building a fort in the living room and then we read underneath it and I was like wow I miss like the magic of being a kid because everything is possible and like you said they do know who they are they're very sure and very confident it's society who tells them "Uh uh-uh no that's actually not what we want right now or and it's sad so unfortunate like we've structured everything we were just a couple of years ago in Amsterdam mm-hmm. and there was this huge park with a with a playground mm-hmm. the playground had swings but besides that it was like trees and planks and ropes and it encouraged yeah. you to use your imagination to run into i don't know if you're jumping over rocks it's like let's pretend that this is a crocodile's back or let's do that and yeah you know, even though my kids weren't little, little, mm-hmm. we had so much fun like exploring mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. And that those are the playgrounds. And here I see like on the playgrounds at the schools is that everything is so structured and this is what a slide looks like and this is what a ladder looks like. Mm-hmm. And if the kids want to run off and play like in the peripheral, mm-hmm. the teachers or the supervisors are going over and they're like, you're not allowed to be over there. You have to get back onto the playground. and. Mm-hmm. You can't do this and that. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, what are we teaching them? Mm-hmm. Right? Like, my kids don't really... It takes them a long time to get back into their nature. Like, if we're yes. outside the first day or two days of a camping trip, they're like, well, I'm bored. What am I supposed to do? Mm-hmm. Why can't I play video games? Or you need to give me something to do. Mm-hmm. And then usually after, like, the first day and a half, mm-hmm. then they remember they are they remember that they can play they remember that they can be creative again Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but we're taking it away we are and I think and yeah with that being said today we um we had a seminar on ever active school so it's about incorporating like physical activity into this kid's life again because we're becoming so stagnant and she was mentioning the presenter uh said that we put up all these boundaries like no climbing no jumping no mm-hmm. doing this and like yes the school is like liable and and everything like that and you have to be but safe even that's getting crazy <laughs> it's like, what are we what are we doing like we've been gifted this amazing world to explore it's like yeah. how what a privilege but mm-hmm. yet we're constricting all of these things that we can do or can't do or rights and wrongs and all of this stuff and we are making ourselves so small yeah like we are making our, our thinking small too. And yeah, in a world where we totally. can't, there's no room for small thinking anymore. Like nope. we are, we need so many different trains of thoughts right now for yeah. like all of these creative jobs, I guess. Like we mm-hmm. are in just like, a, I think we're, yeah, proceeding into like a completely different era of humanity, which yeah. is cool, but it's also, I think, scary. And it's also like, as we were talking about before, like can mm-hmm. we get there? Absolutely. Well, it makes me excited that this your your whole millennial generation right now mm-hmm. are coming in as the educators, as the thought leaders, as the ones who are starting to formulate what is our next economy when mm-hmm. our resources or the natural resources that we have had access to and that we've created an economy out of aren't necessarily available anymore. It's not mm-hmm. viable. Is that we have to look at at other ways to do this, right? So mm-hmm. I think that that's really... I think that that piece is exciting, but with Mm -hmm. all great change also comes a lot of chaos Mm -hmm. before that. Mm -hmm. And there'll be people that just can't 
make the change or make the switch. Mm-hmm. And I think they're really struggling with that. Mm-hmm. And then I think that there's those that are hypersensitive to all of the movement mm-hmm. and they're experiencing mental illness in a different way. Yeah. Right. And I think like right now, my perspective on why so many people are experiencing anxiety and depression yes, like never before like never before mm-hmm. is because of the speed of change yes totally the amount of information and energy that's out there right so either there's people that are digging their heels in saying i refuse and then that becomes a depression yeah right i'm not changing i'm not moving i'm completely complacent all of it mm-hmm. and then there's those that are trying to keep up but they're getting very very overwhelmed by it yes and, and maybe just naturally more hypersensitive mm-hmm. to it mm-hmm. but i think that's why there's so much anxiety mm-hmm. i totally not being able to do that so that's why i think the practice of meditation and mindfulness yes. both as a practice helps to kind of bring that pendulum into the middle. So even though there might be a swing back and forth, hopefully it won't be like way, way up on this end and then way up on the other end. Yeah. Right. But just something even for little kids, because we're mm-hmm. seeing kids like as young as two being diagnosed with depression. I had in my first right? gum, a grade one girl. So in grade one, year six yeah. have like a panic attack because of yeah. the math test. Yes. It was, and that was the first time, yeah. the first instance that I was like, this is happening at a way younger mm-hmm. age than I even thought about. And like, I've always like been very vocal yeah. about my struggles because it's connected me with so many amazing people. But mm-hmm. I'm like, no, like I need to incorporate this into my into my classroom because totally. if I'm gonna help a problem, you need to get to the root of the problem. And the root of the problem is like the younger generations and like that new wave of thinking. I think the same thing. Mm-hmm. It's not talking to the people that are 50 or 60 or 70 and not that we don't need to educate mm-hmm. you know people sort of in that age demographic but I think we need to get to them when they're so young and they're so little and the world is so big and it's mm-hmm. still so fascinating mm-hmm. before it becomes overly frustrating mm-hmm. yeah but my daughter starting in grade one started to have really severe panic attacks mm-hmm. and those mad math minutes were one of the ones that just let's just stick the egg timer on the front desk yeah She'd be like, oh my God. Yeah. I can't do it. I can't do it. Yeah. I, yeah. You know? I, I don't, I think that lots of us, and when I say us, my fellow colleagues at yeah. Concordia, I think that we have a really new wave of, of thinking, yeah. which is awesome. And I really hope that this new curriculum does come into play. Mm. That's just my personal yeah, yeah. political stance. Yeah. But um, because it, it just, there's so much inquiry-based learning and it's about learning about what you want to learn about mm-hmm. and there's no mad minute there's no spelling test uh, I don't really believe in written tests mm-hmm. as as a, as a future teacher I don't really believe in report cards mm-hmm. if I had it if I had it my way mm-hmm. I would have like a face-to-face conversation with the parent and the student because I mm-hmm. think that's more authentic and real yeah. instead of giving some like who am I, even with even if I had a PhD and a master's, who am I to say that little Jimmy's creativity in in LA is at a B plus? Totally. Who am I to say that, you know? Like Well, I've always and, been curious about in I mean, with math that's fine. It's either right or it's wrong. It's factual. It's factual. Mm-hmm. But when we're looking at something that's more creative, mm-hmm. even social studies. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's I think social studies is more of an art than well, and not just that. When you're looking at somebody sharing their perspective, that's their perspective. Mm-hmm. So the fact that somebody is grading their perspective mm-hmm. on a 
A, B, C, D, E, or F, or however they're doing that percentage-wise. Like, mm. this is something that my daughter struggles with in high school. She goes, Mom, I think that my teacher keeps giving me such low marks because he doesn't believe in what I believe in. Mm. And how biased is that? That's not what a school it's or horrible. education should be. That's literally, if we go back to, like, Socrates and Plato and where education came from and, and the yeah. Ch- Chinese dynasty, that's not what education was. They would be shaking their heads at us right now. I know. Like, going, like, are you kidding me? Yeah, seriously. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I just think, um, like both my husband and I have done a lot of listening to, whether it's podcasts or just other things, all about this whole new integration of AI and mm, how our yes. entire world is becoming more automated. Yes. And at the same time, what's going to happen as we automate a lot of our systems and our procedures is that the the most important or sought after commodity is going to be creativity. Yes, 100% I believe And in that. you can't train a robot no. to be creative because everything is still a program. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to have to access creativity. And how do we do that? The only way to do that is through meditation and mindfulness. Yeah. Period. Because you have to be open to something that was never there before Mm -hmm. there's this field of ideas that exists around us all the time and again going way 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 back when we look at like all these ancient digs that they're doing let's say that they figured out that oh the hammer was first found 20,000 years ago for example in Sumeria Mm -hmm. and it was interesting because around the same time they also found a very similar tool in I don't know like in South America somewhere Mm -hmm. And so how was it that both of these instruments were created, let's say, within 500 years of each other over the grand scheme of thousands of years? Mm-hmm. Without them talking to each other, there Even was no internet. Knowing about how each would other. we know? Mm-hmm. So is it that collective consciousness? I think they're all tapping into the collective consciousness. Yeah. There's ideas based on our desire is that there are ideas that want to be born, mm-hmm. and that's technology. Mm-hmm. And a lot of yogic practices talk about yogic technology and what is technology. It's a brand new, updated way for us to be. And so there is, I was going to say it's a belief, but also if you study like quantum physics and quantum mechanics and stuff, is that all ideas that ever need to be present for our evolution existed the moment that this universe was birthed. Yeah. So everything that we need to know, let's say we survive another 200 years, Mm -hmm. everything that we need to know in 200 years from now, the idea already exists. Mm -hmm. We might not be there quite yet to need that, but the idea exists. And so these ideas just kind of float around like the internet or the web, but it's not until we have the desire. So you punch it into the Google Mm -hmm. bar, Mm -hmm. right? Hmm, How do I do X, Y, and Z? But then you go, ah, I'm doing that too. Mm-hmm. But as your consciousness is thinking about it, there's also somebody on the other side of the world that their consciousness is also thinking about it because we're connected through this web. Mm-hmm. And you're both pulling down the idea at the same time or the same music song or like the beat or the rhythm. You both produce a song at the same time. The next thing you know, you're fighting over who has rights to that. Yeah. But you both heard the same thing. Yeah. Have you ever heard of Carl Jung? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So we learned about him in psychology and he talked about the collective consciousness and that was the first time that I had really heard about that. And, and that was, I was probably in my younger twenties, like 22. So I was kind of like, I don't understand what that is. But now I'm realizing that's, that's so true because I, because if you think about it and I was watching a Netflix documentary called One Strange Rock Mm -hmm. and it's hosted by Will Smith. It talks about the the formation of the planet and if you think about it we are all 
from the same cell, the same source of energy. Yes. Every single being on the planet is from one tiny thing that happened. Mm -hmm. And if you if you believe in different things, then that's yeah. that's fine. But scientifically, we all came from this one like spark or something like that. So we've yeah. all evolved from this one source of energy, and you can't you can't sever energy. Like no. I, I just I don't. It, it's just constant. It current. can't. It's just basic physics, right? That yeah, it can't be it created is. nor destroyed. It just mm -hmm. keeps transforming itself. Mm -hmm. So so Young also talks about the collective unconscious. Mm -hmm. So it's like our shadow. Mm. Right. So again, when I was talking to earlier about sort of this fourth dimensional experience mm -hmm. is that we all imbue into the collective consciousness sort of these different ideas or these different beliefs. And mm -hmm. so wherever your intention is going is what you are going to be drawing upon. Mm -hmm. So if I'm sitting more in my shadow self mm -hmm. and my internal dialogue is constantly like, I'm fat, I'm ugly, I'm poor, I'm worthless, I'm not enough. this, mm -hmm. then your unconsciousness mm -hmm. is constantly pulling on other thoughts and beliefs and behaviors and, and other beings that are also existing within that and it continues to build it and to fuel it. It's like, a con like the confirmation bias. It is. Yeah. And at the same time, we also have a collective consciousness. Mm-hmm which is more imbued with love and with divinity and creativity and all of those other more evolutionary traits or mm -hmm. aspects. Mm -hmm. And so if you begin to consciously choose thoughts in that way or you hold desires to connect to that, then you start to imbue these ideas as well. It's like the law of attraction and like manifesting what you want. Mm -hmm. And Dawn who is another <laughs> meditation teacher here. Yeah. She was talking about manifestation and she was talking about how she manifested like three trips to Hawaii and manifested a trip to Canmore and manifested like a hundred grand or something one year. And I was like, okay, that's... I, I need to do that. Yeah, I was like, it's that's so cool, but I, that also thinks that's so weird. But then I was like, you know what? I'm going to try it. Yeah. And I literally just manifested a trip to Seattle. You did? Yeah. See? It's, it's real and I know that it sounds like hoo-ha to people but like it's so it's so real once yeah. you become open to like this whole world of like the collective conscious meditation mindfulness like yeah. all of that stuff like a whole different world is open totally. and it's like and it's absolutely incredible and you once you are open to this world you can't not share it with others I like agree. you feel like if you don't share it you feel like this kind of like unease like unsettlingness like i kind of yeah. feel it in like my chest like, or my I stomach and i'm like i have to tell you this. yeah i have to because it's just about like yeah. you want people to be the best versions of themselves 100 percent. yeah yeah so is that yeah, okay so so same so same thing mm -hmm. right so we have so if you're talking about law of attraction mm-hmm and one of the big authorities on that is Esther Hicks. I don't know if you listen to any of Esther Hicks stuff. No. Ooh, okay. There's mm -hmm. lots of books, but you can just go and listen to the YouTube okay. things. So she, for years, has been channeling this group okay. <laughs> in the collective consciousness called Abraham. Okay. We'll call it a higher council. Okay. okay. So she channels Abraham. So she's super well-known. She travels around the world. She stands on stage, and she's channeling this group and people mm -hmm. will ask her questions and it's all about law of attraction stuff that's it mm -hmm. it's basically what she talks about mm -hmm. and so she always talks about the fact that there's these two vortexes going on okay. and so the vortex is really what Carl Jung is talking about the collective consciousness and the unconsciousness because mm -hmm. our own personal consciousness is connected to both right yeah. and she'll say 
and I remember her saying this a few months back, I had a bit of an aha about this, mm -hmm. is that if you notice that you, know, you wake up in the morning and you stub your toe and your first thought is, well, shit, this is going to be a bad day. Mm -hmm. And then now you, know, you spill your coffee on your lap in the car on the way to work. Ugh, I knew that this was going to be bad. Mm -hmm. So you keep thinking that same thought over and over again, which is feeding, it's like spinning mm -hmm. that vortex. Mm -hmm. This one is gaining momentum. It doesn't mean that you don't have this positive feel-good vortex. You do, but guess which one is getting the momentum? Totally. And so she uses, I mean, she'll just say, you know, that's what meditation is for, right? Is to just stop, to choose a different thought that's more positive, and it'll take you there. Mm -hmm. But the day that I heard that, I went to my son's volleyball game and was just watching, and I'm, I played super competitive volleyball too in Same. sports. Did you? Yeah. yeah. So I'm sitting there watching them, and my son Kyan was serving and he must have served like nine in a row. You wow. know, and in the beginning, like a couple hit the ground, it's like ace. And then there's kids like shanking it off their arms. And you start to watch the other team fall apart. Mm -hmm. And they go from in the beginning, like, it's okay, to now like, God, somebody needs to call the ball. Yeah. And then now they're getting at each other. Yeah. And so now after nine in a row, the coach calls the timeout. Mm -hmm. Right? So my question then would be, why does the coach call a timeout? Mm -hmm. It's not to talk strategy. It's to disrupt the momentum of the energy. That's what our coaches used to do all the time for us. He said, That's she it. would say, she would say, um, I'm not mad at you guys or anything like that. Yeah. I'm just stopping the other team's momentum. That's it. And then, and then it's, but then I feel like it was up to us to switch the momentum around because you can just yes. feed into that negative vortex. So that's what you have to do is we flip it around. Mm -hmm. So that is exactly what meditation does. Yes. Is it gives you the opportunity to just hit the pause, but to step back and to look, right? Okay, this is shitty. This is happening. I'm down right now. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, it looks like the score is stacked against me. Mm -hmm. And yet, there's still an opportunity over here. I have the skills, I have the abilities, I have the team, whatever your metaphor is or your story is. Mm -hmm. But it has to start with the belief that I can do this, that I deserve this, I am worthy of this, I have what it takes to do it. And then as soon as you get, you know, one point and then you get another point, right? So little tiny events start to stack up mm -hmm. and then you start to have more faith in that as well. Then you start to feed that vortex. You still have the other one. You can always flip back and forth, mm -hmm. right? But if you want to attract is that we can only attract what we really want when we're in alignment with the energy mm -hmm. of how we really want to feel. So if you're feeling shitty, and you're trying to track something that's really good, mm -hmm. you're not going to be able to do that. You mm -hmm. have to get into that mm -hmm. energy. And that's like that right? cognitive dissonance too. Yeah. It's like you want to be this way or you think that you should be this way, but your actions aren't uh, like showing that or aren't reflecting totally. that. And that's yeah. why people suffer with so much mental illness is that they're not like in alignment. And in totally. alignment, like mentally, spiritually, emotionally, like whatever you want to call it, like mm -hmm. your being has to be in alignment. It has to be like cohesive. It has to be flowing because if it's not, there's going to be tension and stuff. Totally. But then it's up to you to figure out, okay, there's tension. Yeah. I'm allowing this tension to happen. I'm, I'm, I'm not ignoring it. Mm -hmm. And that was the thing that I had to come to terms with, with meditation too, is because I, when I first started, I was like, man, this is hard. Yeah. First of all, I was like, 
when I started, I'm like, I'm scared to be with my own thoughts Absolutely. because of my anxiety and my depression yeah. and everything like that. But yeah. then once I realized that meditation, just like yoga, doesn't have to look, it's not a one size fits all. It looks yeah. so many different ways. Totally. And once you like let the thoughts happen and let them in and just give them validation, just be like, okay, the cool anxiety's here, cool mm-hmm. depression's here, cool whatever is here, but I'm not going to let them lead me or like run the show, so to speak. And just yeah. say, okay, this is here. Now, how can I manifest this? It's like cognitive behavioral therapy, almost. Yeah. Like, how yeah. can I manifest this in a way that's going to serve me in a better, more positive way? Mm-hmm. And I think you do that a lot with like mantras and self affirmations, and for and, sure, and sharing positive energy with other people, and 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 all of that kind of stuff. Yeah, and I think that I think that you said it right when you said, I'm not going to let these thoughts control me. Mm-hmm. So the bigger question is then who is me? Yes, and that's because like if Eckhart there's a me Tolle. that is recognizing the thoughts, mm-hmm. right? We're so afraid of the thoughts, but if you are able to see the thoughts, then you are not your thoughts. Yes, and that's the thing, right? Like, so that's really what all of the work is: is well, who am I without these thoughts? Mm-hmm. And that's what that's what yeah. Eckhart that started Eckhart Tolle's journey, and he's like, well, who yeah. is this? Who is this other person then? Yeah. And then that's what happened with his whole journey. And that's so true because yeah. I think that people take their thoughts and they're like, okay, this is me. This is my identity. Like, no, yeah. you're not your mental illness. I don't go up to people and say, hi, I'm anxiety. I go, hi, I'm Milena. And there's yeah. so many different things yeah. that encompass me, who I am. And anxiety and depression just happens to be one of them. And just like I'm totally. funny and academic and a traveler and passionate and all these other things, just like my anxiety is like in the mix too. Yeah. And that's what I realized to not like, cause it was so, when I first was diagnosed nine years ago, it was so at the forefront of my mind. And I was just like, this is all I am. This is who I am. This is who I'm going to be. Yeah. I guess I just have to live like this. And once you, once you put space in between that, like I said, like an entire world opens up for you and you totally. have freedom again. That's what makes me so excited about meditation is for people to realize that I'm not all of that. Mm-hmm. And for some people, that's as, that's as far as they ever go with it. And I think that not to downplay that because that's extremely freeing, like you said, yes. for so many people. Mm-hmm. But then as you continue on with the practice, that's where even more opens up. So it's like, okay, so now I realize that I'm not my anxiety and I'm not my thoughts. So then who am I? Mm-hmm. Right. And that's kind of like step two. Mm-hmm. Like, who am I? Why am I? Why am I here? What is what is my purpose mm-hmm. in being here? What gives meaning to my life? Mm-hmm. Right. And then as you start to walk that even more in the world, then naturally what starts to happen is it's like, holy cow. Okay, so I'm not I'm not the only spiritual being or soul being that's that has thoughts and has meaning and purpose. Actually, everybody is doing this too. And that's when we really become aware of that we're a part of this bigger web of life. And then all these crazy things start to become available yeah, <laughs> to yeah. us, which is so cool. So, so that's, right? is that why you started lifestyle meditation then? Yeah, it, it is. You know what? For all of those reasons, I think that I spent so many years teaching meditation, but I was also a trainer and I was also teaching people how to move their bodies. And, and oftentimes most people are moving their bodies to get out of their heads. Yes, that's what right? I. That's why I started to exercise that's, hardcore. But as soon as you get them to move their bodies, then they start to talk, and there's just stuff that naturally starts to happen. And I, I didn't want it to be a distraction anymore. I think that there's there's enough of that, and that was even what I was experiencing in my life is that I was a runner and an athlete my whole life, and I think part of it was 
because I just loved the feeling mm-hmm. of that and, and the endorphins and all of the other feel-good chemicals that come along with that. But the other part that I realized is because I was, I was trying not to just sit and to be with myself because I didn't love also a lot of what was coming up. Well, and, and I've heard that, that um, I was listening to this podcast and it was like, most people are in meditative states, but they just don't realize it. Like if you, like when you're doing something that you're passionate about, like when I, I like to cook and I like to bake and mm-hmm. that's when I'm doing it. It's the only thing I'm thinking about and I'm focusing on that and I'm in the moment totally. and people who play sports, cause I played sports competitively yeah. too. You can't think of anything else other than if you're playing hockey, where the puck's going to go or yeah. in volleyball, like where you're going to put the ball. You're in a meditative, meditative state yes. and people don't even realize, realize that. It. And then no. they say, Oh, I could never meditate. I'm mm-hmm. like, well, you actually do it every day without you even knowing it. You do. Mm-hmm. You do. Right. But still I would say, um, and you had asked me this question on your page earlier is what's the difference between meditation and mindfulness yes is you're actually in the state of mindfulness mm-hmm. when mm-hmm. you're cooking or running or yeah. playing sports you're you're in a state of being in the world but you're really being with only one specific activity or one thought yeah which is great because it brings you into what's called single pointed awareness where now you're not concerned with everything else that's happening mm-hmm. but because you're still in this world you're not disconnected enough, which is then ultimately what opens you up to those higher levels of creativity and moving beyond yourself. Mm -hmm, That's a good point. So the last little layer that occurs between that state of mindfulness and meditation is the the disillusion of ego. Mm. And that's usually where most people get stuck because as soon as I have to keep my body still to now get my mind to be quiet is there's a lot of other things that show up that it's like I'm not comfortable with that. Mm-hmm. But when you realize that that's not you, and, and you mentioned mantra, like we need to have certain tools to use to help us mm-hmm. to release and let go. Mm-hmm. But every single person will find that on the other side of, of tension and of restriction is always ultimate freedom. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we think we have to find that outside of ourselves, but we do have these deeper states of freedom inside of ourselves yeah. and the more that we access that so that would be the deepest state of meditation is to pull is to fully pull ourselves out of this world mm-hmm. the more that we access that the more of that we get to experience in our waking state yes it's so true right so it's mm-hmm. it's a lot of things but it's a different relationship with self it's a different relationship with time it's a different relationship of space of you know how I show up in the world with in relationship to other people mm-hmm. um, and I feel like that's what is my purpose to show people yeah and and yeah before coming here I did like kind of meditation by myself but I've never I've never meditated for more than like 15 minutes Mm -hmm. never with other people and so my longest meditation ever still to date is here and it was Mm -hmm. like a 45 minute chakra one and I yeah you literally like it's almost like hallucinating or like <laughs> yeah. psychosis or something because it, 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 but it's not scary. It, no. it just like takes you to like, I was seeing like for the chakras and stuff, like yeah. I've seen lots of colors and, and whatnot. And then you come out of it and you're just like, it's, I can't even describe it. Like yeah. I can't even describe the feeling like people are going to have to experience for themselves. Yeah. Um, but, and it's so powerful. Like I remember, like, I just feel like I'm a walking example. I used to wake up every day miserable and just not wanting to be mm-hmm. here and just not seeing the point. And now I wake up every day 
and I'm not even like exaggerating like with a smile on my face and I'm so excited no matter even if I'm like okay I'm so busy today I have all these things to do I'm just so it's just living with gratitude too is just huge it's massive like I, I I heard this um this saying like if you if you live through uh, like a perspective of gratitude instead of like worry or anxiety mm-hmm. like if you think in a way of gratitude you literally have no space to be anxious or or to feel worried or anything like that so um it's very very powerful okay yeah and i know that it sounds like super cliche but it's true because when you're in a state of mindfulness, mm-hmm. is that you get to more consciously choose your thoughts. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, we're very unconsciously just going with whatever, wherever the vortex is spinning. Mm-hmm. But if you notice yourself starting to choose negative thoughts or unhealthy sh- thoughts, the moment that you choose a, a thought that you're grateful for mm-hmm. or a thankful thought, is it shifts. It all goes over to mm-hmm. that positive feel good kind of vortex Mm -hmm. I know sometimes people like oh gratitude blah 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 it's so cliche now Mm. like but it's not I never get sick of saying thank you for Mm. everything Mm. there's always something to be thankful for totally always it doesn't matter like how desperate your situation is Mm -hmm. if you're alive and there's like air in your lungs then you can be grateful (laughs) yeah totally right um okay so to wrap this up where can people find you obviously at lifestyle meditation at the yes, studio at the studio and then well you can find me through lifestyle meditation online mm-hmm. facebook instagram, instagram and then mandy trap yeah, yeah you can go on instagram mandy trap yeah facebook mandy trap mm-hmm. and then you and have I a podcast too, right? and i do yeah. yeah on all of the other platforms too just mm-hmm. like yours so it's just the mandy trap podcast Okay. Pretty awesome. original. Yeah, pretty original. <laughs> I actually wanted to start it like four years ago, yeah. but I got hung up on the name for four years, and yeah. so finally one day I'm like, ah, let's <laughs> just do it. Let's just call it that. So it works really well. Easy for people to find. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much. It's been awesome. No, this has been incredible. So okay. Next time we'll talk about all the crazy stuff. All the crazy. That we the, talked about before, before we, started we started recording. recording. All the woohoo stuff that's really oh, going to make the you. crazy woohoo stuff. Yeah, we'll have yeah. to do that. Okay, yeah, this is step one. Thank okay, you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to another episode of All Things May. Hey, if you enjoyed this episode, feel free to screenshot it and send it to your friends. And also don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Melena S. See you next time.